I'm going to talk this morning, we're, we're carrying on with this kind of a New Year, same Jesus, but um, I want to talk about the, the same Jesus that's with you at the start, the middle, and the end. Uh, Jesus' promises for you and his commitment to you never changes. And um, I was talking to Andy from the gym in, in the week, and we were talking about um, one, of, one of his trainers that started before Christmas. Uh, it didn't go very well before Christmas, so um, she's quit the business. She decided she doesn't want to be a personal trainer. And Andy was like, why are you quitting before Christmas? Because I guarantee you January, uh, the first three months of the year is when you make all your money, isn't it? Uh, talking to Ben this week, he's flat out in his gym. Uh, personal trainers are busiest because we all make our New Year's resolutions. But um, because she wasn't able to see the, the, the beginning, the middle, and the end of what she was doing, she quit. And so she's missed one of the most financial lucrative parts of her business life. And, you know, I, I think uh, a lot of us in this room can turn around and say, uh, I think many of us in this room can say that we've had great prophetic words over our lives, but we have a responsibility to run with that from the start, the middle to the end. You know, um, I, I can tell you I had a very clear prophetic word that I should be a pastor and I should give up my job and do this. And um, the beginning was... Uh, uh, exciting and exhilarating, but the middle is something more of a trudge and, uh, and the reality kicks in. But if you don't do the start, the middle, you never get to the blessing at the end, if you see what I mean. So uh, uh, I, I want to talk before we go further into this year about, uh, about the God of the middle, about the God that's with us in January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, November, and December, um, that he's with us throughout this year. You know, um, when it becomes to, to, to getting fit, um, you know, like we can all, I've, I, I go to the gym regularly, as you can tell. No, I do. Um, I, my body is, I, I'm 45 in like a week's time. I know I don't look it, but, uh, but, but uh, my body is starting to slowly fall apart. All the old rugby injuries and the sailing injuries and all those kind of stuff. So um, uh, me and Joe haven't trained probably for like four weeks now, maybe three weeks four weeks and um uh, it's I, i'm actually getting up in the morning and not hurting um you know my shoulders actually are working and my elbows kind of work probably everything's starting to work probably and and i was kind of thinking maybe i should just turn around to joe and say um joe let's not quit the gym but then i looked down and realized the six six pack was starting to, to disappear just slightly um uh, and then i realized it's the pain that helps me keep my body in shape and uh, and i think it's a bit like that with our with our faith journeys is that we can have these great aspirations in God and, and great dreams, but we have to expect that often of what God's called us to do will come with some pain and hardship. But it's in the pain and the hardship that we learn so much about, about God. I want to look at the, the, the story of Joseph this morning. So if you have your Bibles with you, if you want to turn to Genesis 37, 5 to 11, I'm just going to read a, a lump of scripture to you and then we'll unpack it. I keep telling myself not to eat the bounty chocolates before I preach because those little bits of pesky uh, coconut. They're going to choke me one day. Okay, Genesis 37, 5 to 11. Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to the, this, this dream I had. We were, we were building sheaves of grain out in the fields, and when suddenly my sheaf rose, up, uh, rose and stood up, while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. <coughs> his brothers said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. Then he had another dream, and he told his brothers, Listen, he said, I had another dream. 
And this time, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars were bowing down to me. And when he told his father as well as his brother, his father rebuked him and said, What is this dream you had? Um, you, will your bro- mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept this matter in mind. Joseph gets a dream, he gets a coat, and um, I, 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 I think Joseph would lack a little bit of wisdom maybe, because... Um, you know, I probably went and gold and told my big brothers that you're going to bow down to me because when it said they hated him, I think that might actually be a bit of a, like, basically they gave him a clip around the back of the head or whatever it was that brothers do. I've seen my boys play. Um, and I have to remind Zach that he is actually four years older than his little brother and his little brother isn't a permanent punch bag. Although that is going to change because he's going to be bigger than him one day. But, um, you know, Joseph has a dream, but th- this dream is the start of a seven-year, 17-year process. He doesn't have the dream and the next day everybody starts bowing down to him. This dream that he gets is a God-given dream, but it takes 17 years to be fulfilled. You know, and and, uh, the first point is, is if God's given you a dream for this year or for your life, be careful who you share it with. Be careful who you share it with because... um, I have lots of dreams, and um, Ben's, Ben's been really good, actually. Ben gave me some wisdom um, just before Christmas. He said, Mike, you're very visionary, and I believe all your visions are from God, but not everybody needs to hear them. And, and that wasn't a rebuke, that was wisdom. <laughs> I was like, he said, because you're quite good at sharing with everybody what you're thinking. And the church are like, we're going over here, we're going over here, we're going over here. But um, So I'm learning not, not to share all my dreams, but to process some of my dreams. And I'm also aware that there's certain people in my world that I can share my dreams with, and they're like, yeah, I get it. And there's certain people I share my dreams with, and they're like, that's never going to happen. That's just weird. That's just stupid. That's not going to work out. Uh, and especially those that aren't in the same place as you when it comes to faith, if you share your dream with you, you can find that they basically pee all over it. That's the biblical reference for it. They just come and pee on your dreams. I want to share my dreams with people that say, let me pray about that. Let me stand with that. Let me process that with you. Let me dream in God with you. And let's see where this goes and let me walk that through with you. If I hadn't had people in my life, we never would have got to this point as a church. Because I've got dreams that I'm not skilled to fulfill. I'm just not skilled. But I'm meeting people and God is putting people in my life on my journey that I can start sharing my dreams with. And they start to shape them and mold them. And I'm not sharing with people that try and kill them. Amen? You are a masterpiece. God's designed you to do something. You McManus says, each one of you has a heroic story waiting to be told. I, I, I hate this lie that the devil tells people that only certain people get dreams from God. If that's, what, if that's what you believe, let me tell you, that's from the devil. Because God's given every one of you a dream. But sometimes the dream he's given you might look like sheaves of corn bowing down to you. That seems weird, but it's a God dream. And you need to go away and process that God dream, and then you realize you've got something. Amen? Mandy and Ed's dream of to drive around with a food van and, uh, and give out uh, cost-effective food to people, I know isn't just a dream about feeding people. Uh, it's a dream about feeding people and showing the love of Jesus Christ. Because they wouldn't just do it if it was just a food dream. Do you know what I mean? So we need to get and find that into place. You know, Ephesians 21 
Ephesians 2.10 says, for, God, for we are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do everything he has planned for us long ago. Everything that you want to dream in God is already put in you and you are his masterpiece and you have the responsibility to lead the best life that God's put before you. It's interesting that when David, you go through the Bible and you see David, when David shared uh, his dream of killing Goliath, all his brothers laughed at him. He had a dream and he followed it. You know, and I, I, I like the one thing about David that when it came to killing Goliath, he knew his dream. And when Saul said, put on my armor, he said, no, because God's equipped me for the dream. Sometimes the dream that God's given you, people will try to give you armor and stuff towards it when you just need to step out in faith. I remember when I was just sharing with my dad about going to Bible college, dad was like, that's just stupid. You're giving up like an 80 grand a year job. There, there must be another way around it. Can you do it part time? I was like, dad, I've got to give the whole thing up. And my dad loves me, but it was a hard conversation because uh, he was trying to put armor on me for the season ahead that God was like, you just got to go with no money, Mike. You've just got to go. So I stepped out in faith, and here I am. David followed his dream, and he kills Goliath, and we see him go on to all that God had for him. You can't settle. You know, we can't settle just because God gave us a dream five, six years ago. We can't settle and put it on the shelf today. Maybe today is a day where you need to go back looking through your past and say, what did God promise me? What, when did God say this? He might have said things to you as a child and you might have been in your, might be in your 40s, your 50s or your 60s now and you said, that dream's never happened. No, no, that dream is still a dream from God. It just has never been the right time. Maybe this is the time. Maybe this is the season. You know, God never forgets the dreams he gives you. We might do, but God doesn't. You know, I, I, I look back on my life now in this season, and uh, there's things that were spoken over me when I was eight or nine that I'm only seeing come into reality now at 45. I'm so glad that my mum reminds me and God reminds me of those dreams, because if God spoke a dream over your life, God spoke a dream over your life. And, and God operates outside of time, and when it's his time, it will happen. You're all very quiet this morning. Oh, good. Thanks. Thanks, Alicia. Give Alicia a microphone, then. Um, dangerous. <laughs> you know, Joseph had to keep his dream even when he was in the pit. He tells his brother what he thinks of, and not long, they're bashing him around the head and throwing him down a hole. Uh, I Personally, I probably would have given up on the dream right there and said, I'll just become a shepherd. I'll just uh, run away to the mountains and say that was just my, that was just my dream moment. Maybe it was too much cheese before bed, or you know those kind of things, dark chocolate and red wine, whatever. But even in the pit, Joseph still had the dream. I want to say to you, whatever pit you're in this morning, God still has the same dream. I, I hear this abbreviation. The pit stands for preacher in training. I like that. I say I've made that myself, but I didn't. Don't fear the test. You know, uh, I kind of struggle with this. So I, I, have, I have a theology that God's always a good God, right? And God's always got the best for me. But I have a life story of sometimes the wheels fall off, right? I, I don't know. But anyway, let me tell you, when the wheels fall off, I learn more about God than when things are going well. 
I've learned more about uh, about my call and my life and, and what God wants to do in me when I'm in the bottom of the pit. People are lying about me. People are making rumors about me. People are complaining about me. And I'm like, oh. Just before Christmas, we were in the coffee shop and this young girl came up and started taking photos of the building. And I was like, whoa, maybe we've suddenly become famous. And so I, I rang out, you know, like, do you want my autograph? I didn't. I just walked out. I said, oh, excuse me, why are you taking photos? She said, I'm from the planning department. I was like, oh. She said, there's been a complaint. You've started a coffee shop without planning permission. I was like, oh. Like, the day, like, just before we're going to go away for Christmas. And uh, she said, yeah, someone's complained. I know who it is. But anyway, I can't tell you. I might give you their address and you go around and visit them. But um, <laughs> this complaint came through. And I was just like, oh, God, like, for goodness sake. You know, I've had such a tough season since September. And I'm about to go on holiday. I'm about to switch off for two weeks. And I've got blooming little busybodies with a camera taking photos of the coffee shop. Should I just poke her in the eyes and tell her to get lost? But I was really nice to her and, and told her what I said. And I came back in and I started to put my grumpy head on, my panic head and all that kind of stuff. And God says, am I not faithful? Am I not the God that told you to build this place into a great community center that's going to bless the whole of Wales? I'm uh, am I not the God that covers when you haven't necessarily got all the skills? Aren't I got the? Am I not the God that's got your back? And I was like, yeah. So I prayed. I just say, God, look, whatever happens, whatever happens, I don't really care. I don't think I even told the trustees, did I? No, I didn't tell the trustees. That's. I do tell the trustees most of what goes on, but I didn't want to worry them. I just got an overwhelming sense of peace in my pit. The God says, don't panic about it. It's fine. All of Christmas, I was like, she's going to email me back within 24 hours saying it's fine. All of Christmas, she didn't contact me. I was like, every time the worry came, every time the struggle came in my, in my pit, worrying about whether the building was going to, coffee shop was rich, has got paid, Helen's got paid, so much depends on the building. God says, am I not the God who's faithful? Peace got restored. First day she goes back in the, in the car, in, in, into the office, she sends me an email. She said, there's no complaint. It's all on the planning application. I was like, oh, yeah, I knew that. <laughs> all dropped. That's a minor thing. But let me tell you, I knew so, I'm learning so much more through the pits in my life about God's faithfulness to the dream that he's given me. That if I, like, we've got to be sensible. I've learned an awful lot about planning. I'm not going to break the laws. But I just know God's got my back. You know, there's elements of God you will never know unless you've been for the valley of the shadow of death. Psalm 23, 4 says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. You know, the staff is, is the idea of a shepherd. The shepherd has a staff that when the wolves come, he comes and whacks the, the wolf with the staff. And, it, you know, and, it's, and he guides you. There's this imagery of, of a shepherd guiding his people through, a, through the valley of death. The lights keep changing. Oh, no, it's that. You know, I, 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 Bill Johnson, I was listening to a sermon from him about a month ago, and he said, if you've never been through something like that, you don't know something about God. If you've never been awake at 3 o'clock in the morning, knowing whether you're still called or whether God's going to get you through, or whether the more, do you know what I mean? If you've never been there, you don't know God's true faithfulness. If life's always easy, you're missing out on something of the divine power that God has to supernaturally change situations. Psalm 23, 4, uh, 24, 23, 5 says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. 
that when they're trying to run you over, when they're trying to take you out, when everything is failing, there's a table that you can sit down on. The problem is many of us are so caught up in worry, we forget to sit down. Louis Guglio does an amazing sermon online, and he talks about this thing. You should watch it. But he gets a table out, and he says, the problem is, is we look at the table, and we can't sit down because we're too worried. Joseph is in his pit, but he still sits down at the table and says, God, you feed me. My life's down and out. My life's sit down. This is your vision. There's a table. I, I know something about my life now. If there's not a table to sit down on, maybe the vision's not right. I've learned that. Sometimes when I've got this gone down roads and I've got no peace and I'm like, I just want to sit down. And God says, there is no peace here because you sat at the wrong table. Get back and pray and get back on track with the vision and then I'll make a place for you to sit. I don't know why I keep doing that, maybe. You don't know everything about God unless you've been through the valley of death. Sorry, but it's part of maturing. But there's a table. There's a God that leads and there's a place for you to sit and feed. Look for the signs along the way. So he gets put into slavery, Joseph. He gets thrown, he ends up being bought as a slave, taken out of the pit. Uh, and he can miss this, but he, he ends up being a slave. But he ends up not just being a slave, he ends up being the head slave. Like, in his mind, he's got this dream that one day he's going to rule over this thing, but suddenly he's a slave. But the only sign he has is he's a head slave. Uh, maybe you're missing the signs of God's provision in your life because you're looking too far ahead. You know, he gets accused of rape and put in prison, but then he gets put as head, head of the prison. He gets put in charge in prison. You know, like sometimes we are looking, like for me, I, I've got this big vision for the building and I'm looking and I could be saying, God, when's the million pound going to drop? But it's not in the million pound. It's in the 5,000 pound. It's in the, the 100 pound that someone drops in the offering for the building. It's in the money it's the place for the season. It's the, the roof. It's in the little bits. It's in the fact that the last time we had trouble with planning, I met an architect. He said, I'll sort it out for you. It's in the, it's in the, it's in the little bits. Sometimes because we're looking for the big thing, we're not looking for the little things, the little nuggets that God's putting in our lives. You know, we often want to hear God's voice in such a mighty, dramatic way. But let me tell you, God's voice is the still, quiet voice. You know, the reason it's a still, quiet voice is because I have to get close to him to hear it. If it was in the bellowing sound of the earthquake or in the, in the, from the heavens, from the clouds, it would be easy. But God's voice is still because God's voice is quiet because it causes me to get close to him. It causes me to take myself away and to spend time with him. Maybe, maybe you're in the middle and God's saying, I'm, I'm talking. Well, I'm not hearing you. Well, maybe you just need to listen to the quiet voice. Maybe you need to calm your soul and step away and hear the still, quiet voice of God. James 4.8 says, come to, me, come to near God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinner, and purify your hearts. You know, stepping into him, you know, uh, we we can we we hear his voice in in such a unique way that we can start to train our minds to hear God's voice. Uh, I, I know my wife's voice really really well. My dog knows it really well um, because she's been on the planet five years, so she knows that when I say get off the sofa, 
That's a different voice to when Helen says get off the sofa, and one takes instant access uh, action, and the other one is debatable. Um, but that's because she's because <laughs> I'm too soft. But maybe you just need to train your ear into God's ear. Gen, uh, on in Genesis 40, help others in their dreams. So Joseph finds himself in, in prison. He's been accused of rape and he gets locked up. And a cupbearer and a baker rock up. Now Joseph could have said, hey mate, we're all in the same thing. You sort your stuff out. I'll sort my stuff out. We'll get through this. Eventually let me out and it's over and done with. Jesus, Joseph still knew he, was a, he, he, he had the ability to hear God's voice and interpret dreams. He, did, he didn't allow the circumstances to stop helping those around us. You know, so often we can get caught up in the failures of our own dreams, we forget to help those with their dreams. And this cupbearer and, and this baker come to him and they share their dreams and, uh, and, he, and he interprets them for them. And um, he, says to you, he says to the cupbearer, when you get before Pharaoh, make sure you remind him of me. You know, uh, let's not be focused on what God's called us to do. Let's be mindful of those that are around us. And when it's not working out for you, maybe that's your season to get behind someone else's dream. Uh, we have the sorry. We have the privilege in this building to get behind people's dreams that aren't even Christians. So I was upstairs talking to the people called No Naf Art that have just rented an art studio, and we're sat there on Friday afternoon. And they're sharing their stresses and their worries about their dream. And I just thought, I just want to get home. It's like half past five. I've had enough now. You know, my head's hurting. And they're sharing. I was like, God was like, no, you're here to listen. And I, I listened to their dreams and their, 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 their journey. And I started to share mine. And she said, well, how does it work for you? I said, well, I have a faith you don't. And she's like, oh, right, oh that's weird. <laughs> yeah. But we get to be... We get, we get to partner with people's dreams because they don't, this doesn't make sense to them. They're like, oh, so you must have had about a hundred grand when you moved in the building. I said, no, we had two. Is that, no, that like, like 2,000, like, you know, we had two, well, it was like 2,000 pounds we have. So how does it work? What is faith? You know, I, I, the reason that Andy's from the gym comes to church is because he can't work out why this works for us. You know, and there's a, oh, I need to... You know, you meet people in this building, don't be weird, right? But get behind their dream. Ask them, how's the gym going? How's the music school going, Chris? How's the, you know, let's, let's, let's be people that don't get caught up so much in our Christmas bu Christian bubble that we don't have those with dreams around us. I, I, I have a friend that opened up a coffee shop in Redarin, and, and um, I, I spent probably 18 months with them just trying to help them, just trying to, counsel them just trying to give them my minuscule business advice and I and eventually it all fell apart but the guy's moving back to to this area and I met him the other day driving down the road and he's like I, I might come back to church because I was able to give him that time to develop his dream when I was really busy we've developed a relationship that I think will bring salvation to his life because he's looked at my dream which is similar to his dream and my dream is just growing and he knows my flaws and he knows my lack of expertise, but he can see God's hand on it. But that only came from me partnering in his dream. Amen. You know, maybe we are the people that the Holy Spirit wants to use to fan someone else's vision. You know, like, 
I, I love it, you know, when I'm sat on the front row or when I'm quietly walking the dog and the Holy Spirit falls, you know, we get all that kind of cool feeling. You know? Only me, me and Alicia. I love that. I love that. I love. That. I just love those moments when I get like almost want to want to cry because I don't know because God's. I love that on my. Int- but I also love when people just rock up in my world and say, "You're doing a great job, Mike." Pat me on the back. That's the Holy Spirit working. Uh, maybe we need to be the conduits of the Holy Spirit in our workplaces in our lives by just putting our arms around. You're doing a great job. Thank you. Let's make that our culture in our church. Because that could be the one thing that gets the person from the middle to the end is your pat on your back. You know, let's make this a community that unconditionally encourages one another. Be ready. It's funny that the cupbearer... Pharaoh goes and has a dream, and the cupbearer says, I met this dude in prison called Joseph. He interpreted my dream and told me that all this was going to happen. He can interpret your dream. It goes on in Genesis 41. It says, Pharaoh sent sent for Joseph, and he quickly brought him from the dungeon. When he had shaved and changed his clothes, he came before Pharaoh. So, like, interesting, why, why would I talk about this? Because the reason that, that, that Joseph clothes, shaved and clothes, changed his clothes is because he knew the dream was still true. He knew that this was his moment, that God was going to report, restore him back to a place where he was going to rule over Egypt. He didn't just go off at for, 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 for last. They're letting me out. I'll just walk out the gates. Hi, Pharaoh. Yeah, whatever. I'm done. He was like, no, no, the dream. The dream you gave me when my brothers threw me in the pit is still the dream. The, the dream I had when they accused me of rape is still the dream. The dream when they did, they sold me into slavery, the dream. This is the dream. Right, I'm going to get myself ready. I'm going to shave. I'm going to cleanse. I'm going, this is the dream. Maybe 2019 was the year that you felt you were in the pit. They felt that you felt that there was no dream. But maybe 2020, God says, this is the moment. But you're like, oh, yeah, well, it's too late for me. Suffered with this for so long. It ain't ever going to change. God says, shave, change. Shave, change, because the dream's happening. Get yourself together, because this is your moment. True Chronicles 15.7 says, But as for you, be strong and do not give up, for your work will be rewarded. Jason, do you want to just come up and play if you could? Wherever you are in your journey, be ready. Because God can change it in a moment. God can say, this is your moment. I needed you to go through the pit. I needed to go through those trials so you can know that I'm faithful and I'm always there. And whatever you face, there's always a table for you to sit down in my presence. But don't miss this moment because you're just like, oh, I'm just so tired. Oh, this has gone on for so long. God says, shave, change. Get ready because 2020 is our year. You know, I. I share some personal things with you. I've been doing that. I've been, I've been pastoring for 10 years, right? And it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. You know, I, I should be driving the nice BMW company car. Well, no, actually, brand new V-Dub, T4. Just throwing it out there. 
you know, many of my other friends, you know, as you see these, these churches of thousands, you know, you see revivals, you see all this kind of stuff. And, you know, I, I've had to seriously evaluate whether this is what God's called me to do. Because the circumstances never met up with the dream. You don't stand in a crowded house conference and see 4,000 people singing crowded house song and God says that will be your church one day. And I'm like, I don't even want that as my church. I just didn't, but, but I've seen so many dreams and see so many things, but this last season's felt like this is never, ever going to happen. And, I, and I've spoken to lots of people in my world whether this is the season where I just step away and say, I've done what I needed to do. I'll hand over. Maybe the dream for saving Wales to see a revival that changed our nation is someone else's dream. I've, I've stayed awake thinking about that question, whether I'm just not anointed. But let me tell you, 2020, God says you are anointed. I humbly say that. I've spoken to people and they're like, no, Mike, this is your year. And maybe 2019 was my middle Maybe that was the year where God says, I'm going to take you to some dark places so that you know my glory and my commitment to you. Maybe I'm going to put you before people that should believe in you and they won't. And maybe I'm going to say, I'm the only person that believes in you right now. Because if we are going to be all that God has called us to be as a church, to do half of the dreams that God's given us as a church, we need to be a people that say, we just need you believing in us. As long as you go before us, we're there. You know, so I, I, I'm not believing that 2020 is my middle. I'm believing 2020 is my greatest moment. That's not out of pride and out of arrogance. That is out of confidence in a God that never gives me a dream that he'll forget. And I think there's thousands, there's, there's dreams in this room right now that that you could say the reality is this dream should be finished, but God says it's my dream. The, the, the thing I've learned is the dream for this church and this dream for our community is not my dream. It's not my, it's God's dream. God is building his house. God is doing his thing. He just chose to choose me to give it to. So whatever dream he's given you, it's not your dream. It's a God dream, and he just chose to give it to you because he knows he could trust you.